Welcome to the 60th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and friend to Margaret Thatcher, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. I just want to give you a, a big thanks for adjusting our recording time, for moving it up earlier in the day, just because uh, I have a little housewarming party to go to this this evening. My, my pal bought a house. So uh, oh. I, I thank you for accommodating that for me, my friend. I, I really do appreciate of it. Of course, anytime. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. You know, things are okay. Things are okay. Did you see about that uh, Jeopardy situation? The, the uh, Mike Richards, you know, Jeopardy hosting situation? Uh, no, not really. Like I, I know that they hired some, like I think two hosts and then one of them stepped down. Uh, but I don't really know why. I didn't really care enough to look into it. What, what's going on with that? Well, the official host that was going to replace uh, Alex Trebek, um, who unfortunately passed away, he was basically a legendary talk show host, honestly, or, or sorry, a, a legendary game show host. I think Alex Trebek might be the most legendary game show host of all time, mm-hmm. arguably. But um, he was, uh, they were looking, you know, they were, they were kind of having guest hosts on so that they could choose a new host. And so they had a bunch of guest hosts on, uh, one of which the fans really liked and actually kind of got him to become a guest host was LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow and Star Trek fame. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and people liked it. And they were like, oh, wow, this is great. LeVar Burton should become the next Jeopardy host. That should be the next Jeopardy host. That's the guy. Uh, but then they had like Mike Richards on to do a few hosting duties. Mike Richards, I had never heard of before, and you might have never heard of him. Yeah, I have and, not. Uh, He's the executive producer. He has been the executive producer for a few years for Jeopardy. And so he apparently put his hat in the ring and then they chose him, the producer, who, as far as I know, doesn't have any star power outside of being the producer of that show. Mm -hmm. So that was like weird. And then there's like a scandal that came up where he like apparently said some sexist remarks on a podcast and now he stepped down, Hmm. which is crazy. It's weird because there's like a lot of positive clout for that show because of um, they, the way they handled the Alex Trebek situation. They handled it very compassionately, it seemed. And uh, they, they seemed to, like a lot of fans, they seemed to start tuning in as they were doing guest hosts to try and choose the next Jeopardy host. And then the fans, everyone I kind of talked to who seemed to like Jeopardy, they kind of were like, I'm hoping they choose a great, good host. The only one I really don't want them to choose is Mike Richards. And I'm like, who the heck is Mike Richards? Every time that came <laughs> up and then he was chosen and I was like, I got to look into this guy. And apparently he was the executive producer. It just seems like not nepotism, but it's like a, almost like, why did you run this? Why did you even bother running these guest hosts if you're going to choose yourself? Like he was like in the running to choose the person and he chose himself to get the job. It just mm. seems a little weird. I that is know. weird because yeah, like he, it, it almost seems like he bought his place. You know, as a producer, right. well, it just seems, yeah, it's it's a really, you know, he would have been a deciding factor for who the next host was. So, like, what kind of a, what kind of a weird contest was this? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Some behind the scenes bribery going on. I don't think you need to bribe yourself. You just choose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, man. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Like, what sort of comments did he make? Was it like recent or was it like, you know, unearthed from 10, 15 years ago? 10 years ago. Hmm? It was like almost 10 years ago. Oh. It was okay. a while ago. They didn't seem to be that crazy. But I feel like if there was controversy and you also kind of chose yourself as the person after you pretended to search for somebody – Mm-hmm. For the next host replacement, I feel like that that's the problem. Yeah. Mayim Bialik, I hope I pronounced her name right, from uh, you know Big Bang Theory fame was the other host, but that that hosting duty is not the, from my understanding, the Alex Trebek replacement. Like that's more of like a because there's a, there's many facets of Jeopardy, and so she's like covering the because you know you can't be in two places at once kind of thing. So it would have been too much for like Mike Richards, as an example, to do both hosting duties. So that's why they hired another host as well. I see. I see. But now it's up in the air. So they're, I guess they're searching for a replacement for Mike Richards now because he, again, willingly resigned. But he's also still the executive producer. So it'll be interesting to see who they choose. I think it's, again, it's an easy choice. It's just pick LeVar Burton. It seems to be the guy who everyone wants. And then even Ryan Reynolds weighed in on Twitter and he's like, LeVar Burton's like um, rise to to fame lately has kind of reminded him of him getting the Deadpool job and that he wanted to be Deadpool, but the studio didn't want it. And then Twitter kind of blew up wanting him to become Deadpool. And then they finally gave in. And now this is, he's like, he's arguably, he's almost synonymous, synonymous with Deadpool as, as, you know, Robert Downey Jr. could be considered synonymous with Tony Stark in a way. I don't know if you find that, but... Mm. Yeah, I can see that. The, the question I have, though, question I want to pose, does LeVar Burton want to host full-time? I imagine it's like a pretty big commitment. Like, I, I think I don't he know does. How, yeah? I think he does. It seems like he does. And so it's sort of blowing up, trying to get him the job or trying to get him the ghost, get, ghost, get the get, getting him the guest hosting position in the first place. It kind of has, uh, he, he's kind of loved the, uh, the outpouring of love. But I, yeah, you're right, though. He might not, maybe he won't, you know, admit that he actually doesn't want it. Maybe that's why he didn't get it. That would be interesting. I, I did think of that, but it did seem like it would be an honor, and I feel like he would want it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Like, I feel like Jeopardy is one of those shows that you know, there's like an episode a day. It's like almost like a soap opera, <laughs> like you know, where they just—it's like relentless. I'm I'm probably wrong about that. I'm sure there's only like a few episodes a year. You know, 10, 20 episodes a year, but. uh I remember being a kid and going over to like my godparents' house, um, you know, being super young. And then my my godmother's father, he would always be watching Jeopardy in the other room. And I would just hang out with him and eat like a bowl of chips and watch Jeopardy. So I, I have like a lot of good memories watching Jeopardy, actually. Uh, and oh. yeah, I, I never I never watched it much in my like adulthood or in my teen years. But in my like in my childhood years, I watched a lot of Jeopardy, actually. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. This is an interesting little uh little debacle on it. I hope they do get, you know, a host everyone likes. If it would be LeVar Burton, that's cool. But uh, I don't think that'll bring me back to Jeopardy, I'll be honest with you. Do you have any interest in, like, watching Jeopardy? Did you ever watch Jeopardy? Um, Not really. Mm. Not really. I, I watched, the, like, you know, you see the the odd episode potentially. But I don't have TV now. I don't have cable. So it's not really something I'm going to go out of my way to to pick up. But. Mm-hmm. But um, I know there's like a yeah. couple seasons of Jeopardy on Netflix, if I recall. But obviously, they're like older seasons, or at least they're they were on Netflix. Uh, like I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, because I remember seeing it for sure. The claim is that there's like 230 episodes shot a year of Jeopardy. What? Which is wild. 
Okay, so I was right. It is like soap opera esque, where like they just it's relentless. Yeah, I'm just looking at stuff. Yeah, it's, it seems like that. That's crazy. That seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. It's maybe crazy. they take summers yeah. off, kind of like teachers, weekends and summers off. Yeah, maybe that's it. How do you get that um, many trivia questions? Do you think they ever use the same questions? Because there's like it's like a board of like I don't know. There's like at least like I'm just throwing a number like 30 questions per episode, probably if not more. How do you keep on coming up with these trivia questions? Are there endless amounts of trivia questions, Simon? That is my there question. are. Of course there are. There's so many things. There's so many facts. History keeps on going. You can ask modern questions. You can ask, you know, uh, history questions. You could you could go into, like, uh, an episode of what happened recently on the episode of Grey's Anatomy. Like, come on. Mm, There's yeah. so much you could do. There's so many TV series as well coming out constantly. It's like, that's relentless. It's insane. You can't keep up. Like I don't even know who, how we have this many you know people to watch all of the TV series in order to get popular enough to get renewed by Netflix, etc. It's, it's one of those things. I wonder if we're going to get to a point where there's too much content, you know, in this race for the like the streaming wars. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to win? Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Peacock, Discovery Plus. You know, Peacock's out on, out on front. Well, Discovery Plus is part of HBO Max, right? Yeah, that's true. Same company owns them, but I do wonder. I do wonder about that. And uh, whether it, it will get to a point where they're like, oh, no, we're, it's like uh, diminishing returns. We're not, we're not making as much mm-hmm. as we thought we would, even though we spent a, mil, a billion, almost a billion dollars on Good Morning Sunshine or whatever the heck the Reese Witherspoon's company is called. It's a lot of money for a company that has some good movies and TV series, but I mean, isn't MGM. So I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Let's move on to... Uh, some write-ins or a write-in for this week. Nice. Um, so let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us and he said, movie mavens of the universe. I wasn't sure what about Marvel's What If made me iffy. I found the stories fun. Much like the original comics, little time is spent on character world building. You jump in with the presumption that by now you have enough background on the subject. I enjoyed the Captain Carter story, but I found the 1960s Johnny Quest-esque animation a little off-putting. The premise definitely opens possibilities. I do hope that we see a Winter Soldier parallel with Captain Carter in season two. The second episode was just a nice tribute to T'Challa Jadwick Boseman. No spoilers, but it definitely made me smile. Mm -hmm. Same style animation. But it grows on you after a while. Let's stop for a moment because his, his uh, letter here continues and, and address what if. Um, and I, I believe you likely watched uh, mm-hmm. the next episode of what if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, real quick, it is interesting that um, Ken didn't like the animation style because that's actually one of the few things I liked about that first episode, um, which is interesting. Um, however, yeah, I, I did watch episode two and – I think it's a huge, huge improvement over the first one, uh, most notably because it's different. It's not the same story we uh, we've already seen just with slight twerks. Honestly, it really just starts off the same as Guardians of the Galaxy, and then it just goes off in a totally different path. And it does a lot of really cool things. And honestly, hearing Chadwick Boseman again, it it made me smile as well. Like it uh, is very heartfelt and it's. Honestly, it made me a little bit emotional. I was very sad um, just kind of thinking about it, like him passing away at such a young age. 
Um, but yeah, I, I thought this episode uh, was really great. I think they do a lot of awesome things. Most of the voice cast is back. Um, however, uh, Dave Bautista isn't back playing Drax, which again was super jarring because I think the person they replaced him with just doesn't sound at like, like him at all, really. Unlike in the first episode where they replaced Steve, uh, sorry, um, Chris Evans, uh, as the voice actor for Steve Rogers. And it was close enough. I mean, I could tell it was a little bit off, but it was close enough. I found this time around. It was not. You disagree. Oh, you disagree. Oh, they were even if, if anything, mm. I thought the Dave Bautista, the guy, replacement actor was maybe even closer, oh. especially cause he's not in much of the episode. So it doesn't even matter. Whereas Steve Rogers like is in a lot of that first episode mm-hmm. and I noticed it immediately. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I don't find either of them were close enough to not, I, you can't really be, I feel like, I don't know how you're going to be hit the mark like that. Cause yeah. you're, you're not that guy. So it's a weird situation. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. That's That's right. <laughs> you're not that guy. <laughs> when was that? When was that video taken? I, I, I heard that. I heard that on a podcast recently, but. I don't know, man. Uh, within the past year, I feel like, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because um, we saw more of Steve Rogers in the first episode that maybe it just maybe I got used to it over the course of the bit. Maybe that's why. Because in yeah, you're right. Like Drax is barely in, in the second episode. It's like a few lines he says, and maybe that's the reason why I was like, "Ooh, I don't like this." And you don't have enough time to get like acclimated to the voice actor. Um, unlike in the first episode. Right. What did you think of the episode as a whole, though? Like, d- did you like it better? 100%. It's yeah. not even a question. But the only thing that's a little weird, weird is the use of Thanos, but um, I can I can buy it. I can buy yeah. it because we don't know what happened behind the scenes. It's still the issue of, you know, they didn't necessarily go into enough background as, uh, you know, Ken t- touches on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have time to do that. And in this episode, it still worked, though. I don't think it didn't work. I think that the problem with that first one, again, is it felt very rushed. There was no mm-hmm. – the relationships between the characters almost were – it's not even about whether they were even dived into or delved into it. It's almost like they ignored that they existed. Yeah. Like, that was my issue yeah. with the first first one. I definitely agree with that. Like, I do think the pacing is still quite fast in this second episode, but it – still had a lot of great character moments and like you saw the relationships between some characters that again you never see in the um in the main mcu the live action mcu and it i think it they 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 handled it very well to make you kind of believe what like the relationships between these characters and again with very little backstory between what happened in like the 20 year time span of you know t'challa becoming star lord um I think they did a good job in just, you know, making the viewer, at least for me, like understand where the world's at and stuff like that. I think the use of Thanos was actually awesome. Um, I, I really loved it. And it's nice having Josh Brolin back for that as well. He has such a memorable voice. And uh, I uh, I wish we could have seen how um, Thanos was changed like that. But again, the the way they keep referencing it was pretty damn funny. Um, like this, this episode actually made me laugh like quite a few times and like smile quite a few times, which, uh, and it didn't feel as cartoony as the first episode where like in the first episode, I felt like every character was a cartoon version of themselves and they acted like cartoon characters in this episode, a little bit less. So, I mean, still some characters do act cartoony, but again, it was, um, far less than the first episode. I think, yeah, again, I think this episode's a huge improvement over the first. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I don't understand the Johnny Quest reference as much. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the animation style changed. That's one thing that Ken mentions here, the Johnny Quest-esque animation. I'm looking at the like – I've looked at the animation prior to starting this episode, and I don't really see it. Like it's the Scooby-Doo, like the original Scooby-Doo animation, I, I believe. Like it's the same kind of animation. Like Hanna-Barbera style? Yeah, like is that really the way this is? It's kind of like that. And actually, the animation mostly reminds me of – I don't know if you would agree, Adrian, but the Telltale Game series. That's mm-hmm. actually what it reminds me of the most. And the yeah, way that dude. they – Characters move and things like that. I, I I can see that actually that's almost Johnny Quest-esque or, you know, Scooby-Doo-esque in, in, in some ways as well, I guess. But I find that the way that the animation is almost like 3D kind of in a weird way and not. It, it's, it reminds me more, most probably of like the Walking Dead game or, uh, you know, the Wolf Among Us. Or more accurately, the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game, which I, which oh, yeah, I actually played. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do agree with that. It's very similar to that. Uh, again, you I think you hit the nail right on the head, like the way they move is very telltale esque. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I again, I really like this animation style. I think it's neat. It um, for me, like in terms of an animated series, it kind of resembles um, the Dragon Prince, which is a show I absolutely adore on Netflix. Uh, there's a few seasons out. Um, and yeah, it looks a little bit similar to that. Maybe not as like two dimensional as that show, but uh, that, that was the one thing I picked up on. But yeah, again, I really like this animation style. I think this episode's great and I'm excited to see more. I was very, I was very down on this. What if se- uh, series after that first episode. And I, I don't really know why they would have chosen the captain Carter episode as the first one. You'd think you'd want to get, you know, your hooks in people. And, and this episode had its hooks in me for sure. Yeah. Cool. I, I should reiterate there's a very good chance they'll tell also pull from Johnny quest in the way that they move as well a, a little bit. Like I, again, if you look at the animation style, I can see it, but I just find that that 3d aspect is kind of more similar to telltale or do you say Dar- dragons dragon prince is the same? It's similar. It's not the same, but it definitely oh, has, okay. it definitely resembles it. Um, the dragon prince is a little bit more, um, I want to say choppy because it is like the first season, especially is like, very framey. I see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of re- reminds me of that sort of animation style. Um, Sounds good. But yeah, I've never watched any Johnny Quest stuff, so uh, I've never seen it in motion. I, I like looked up real quick, like the like how the animation looks in still pictures, and I can yeah, I can definitely see a resemblance for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it looks like in motion. So maybe maybe it is like that. Kenneth continued. He continued in his email when he says. Haunted Mansion is progressing without Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Justin Simeon is directing the Katie Dippold script. DV DeVincentis credited for screenplay at IMDb. With Dan Lin and Jonathan Irish through the Rideback Production Company is producing. His letter is signed Kenneth, of course, and he's got a quote here. The pleasure of reading a story and wondering what will come next for the hero is a pleasure that has lasted for centuries and I think will always be with us. A quote by Stan Lee, hmm. legendary Stan Lee. Best known for his roles in the Marvel movies, probably. I can't tell if you're joking. I think you're joking. I'm not I sure. am joking. I am joking, obviously. <laughs> okay. Isn't Haunted Mansion that Eddie Murphy movie from like the early 2000s? Um, yeah, they made a Haunted Mansion movie. But the Haunted Mansion is based on the ride at Disney World oh. or Disneyland. One of those. <laughs> or both. Probably both. Um, but uh, – it does have Eddie Murphy in it. It was a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. so not very well regarded. They are remaking it or 
making it in a different light based on the ride. But Scarlett Johansson was never attached to this, so I'm not understanding. I'm, maybe I'm missing something, Ken, but you can write into us with a correction on my correction of your email here. Uh, it, it, she just wasn't attached. She was attached to Tower of Terror. So I'm not sure if that was a confusion with Tower of Terror, but Ken is the ultimate Disney World, Disney World Land fan, so I'm like confused that he would make this mistake or error. Uh, I was looking it up. I was researching it to make sure that I was not incorrect. I'm pretty sure Scarlett Johansson was only attached to Tower of Ter- Terror. She's supposed to produce, and she's supposed to star in Tower of Terror, uh, not Haunted Mansion. Although the Haunted Mansion people involved, like Justin Simeon is directing, is true. All of that stuff is right. Oh. Um, I uh, am interested to see if uh, Ken writes in and says, oh, actually, I made a mistake, or, or I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong somehow. But anyways, Scarlett Johansson not progressing with Tower of Terror might also be true, by the way, because of this lawsuit with Disney, because Tower of Terror is also, Tower of Terror is a Disney property. Mm-hmm. But so that might not happen as well. She might not produce and she might not star in it, which is because of the problem with her suing Disney because they didn't, they don't, didn't want to negotiate her contract, despite the fact that they put the Black Widow film in on Disney Plus instead of uh, exclusively in theaters like they kind of agreed on. Mm-hmm. that's such a stupid blemish on Disney. I still think that's just a dumb a blemish on them, but whatever. Again, they're standing behind it, I guess. So the Tower of Terror, her not working on it is kind of up in the air. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. That's kind of, it's still, the only source I had for that was um, Giant Freaking Robot. Ah. Whom yeah, the hit. I don't have much perspective on. They have gotten things right, but we don't know. Well, this this will be this will come true or not? A broken clock's right twice a day. You know what they say. Even we got this covered, got things right, but it's because they just threw a bunch of shit at the wall, and we're hoping that one of those things would stick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it it could or it could not come true that she's not working on this project, but it is a good possibility because she's suing Disney mm-hmm. that she will not work on Tower of Terror. Or anything on a Disney property for a little while, which is just so sad because it's just such a waste. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. She's one of the biggest stars. They're one of the biggest production companies. They won't work because they won't negotiate a contract, even though Disney has billions of dollars. It's just absurd. But anyway, it is what it is. It is what it is, my friend. It is what it is. Anyways. All right. Well, thank you, Kenneth, for writing into us. Um, I appreciate you writing into us every week. It's much appreciated. And if you want to write into us, listener, you can. Again, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Just write into us about anything comments, questions, corrections, whatever it may be. I love you, Ken. All right, Adrian, what else have you been watching this week? Well, Simon, I guess since we were uh, already talking about Marvel stuff, have you seen the Eternals trailer? Question mark. I have. Yeah, I did. What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I really liked this Eternals trailer. I thought it looked really awesome. Um, it got me like super hyped for the movie. It was very fantastical, mythical. It oddly enough reminded me of like Harry Potter with like the the weird creatures um, in the trailer. And I still don't really know what the movie's about, which I kind of appreciate. At least maybe I'm just dumb and don't realize what it's about, but. I don't know. I really like this. I know it's, I guess, like an extinction level event is coming um, and the Eternals have to stop it. But I don't know. This 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 trailer looks really, really great. And I'm uh, color me intrigued, Simon. Color me intrigued. What what did you think about this? I'm excited for it, too. It's it's a lot of characters, though, being introduced into this, like they're just on Earth now. And I'm wondering how they're going to handle all of this when it comes to like 
combining it all into one mega movie like an Avengers. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm kind of curious about most because this is a lot. Like how many how many different characters do we see? It's like eight. Eight. Jinx. Yeah. One of the relationship in two kids. Um, it's a lot. So I'm curious. Like it does does look cool, but they all kind of have now they're now we're starting to double up on powers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're having repeat people with the similar powers, which doesn't necessarily matter. But once we throw the X-Men into the mix, you know, we got laser eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, I know. Richard Madden's character, like it, he literally is like a Superman. Like he's like flying laser eyes, seems to have super strength. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting. Cause I don't know. I feel like the, um, I, I think me and you talked about this. I don't, I don't recall, but like when they introduced, uh, Captain Marvel, it was one of those like, oh man, she's like so overpowered. Um, like, <laughs> Like she can just kick anyone's ass. Like in comparison to the Avengers at the time, like she could absolutely destroy all of them. And it seems at least with Richard Madden's character so far, like this guy could literally destroy the world in seconds if he wanted to. Um, so it's going to be in tr- like interesting how they're going to balance that moving forward in the um, MCU. That's kind of my only uh, worry for this. I don't think he's that strong. I mean, he was pinned down in the trailer. Yeah, I guess so by that big, uh, wolf creature monster thing he lacks super strength which is a important one yeah fair enough so or maybe that wolf creature is just super strength to super Mm. super super strength what do they call them like deviants or i think they said deviants yeah deviants from the sacred timeline (gasps) loki connection maybe I don't even, I don't even actually pick up on that. That's a good call out. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's something totally different and then you're just using the same word for two different things. No, no. I, I just looked this up now while we're talking. Um, the Deviants are the enemies of the Eternals who are both made. The Eternals and the Celestials. The, basically, the Eternals and the Deviants were made by the Celestials. So just to be clear, I don't think there's any connection with... I don't know. Maybe there's a connection with timeline somewhere down the line or somewhere involved. I think there might be... Well, there's definitely a connection with Thanos, according to the trailer, but that doesn't seem to be connected. It's called the Variance, Adrian, the Variance. Oh, my God. You're right. It says Variant on the back of Loki's jacket, not mm-hmm. Deviants. I don't know why I thought that. It's also the Time Variance Authority as well. You, you um, put that in my head and I believed you. I trusted you, man. Well, it makes sense. They're devia- deviations from the Sacred Timeline. You'd think that maybe that's related, but I think, it's, I think the Celestials kind of made – Eternals and they accidentally made deviants. That's probably what happened. But I, I don't know. I'm not that big of a Marvel comics guy. I'm more of a Marvel films guy. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not the expert. So sorry for all those Marvel fans out there listening. I apologize. But uh, but that's the that's the dealio. Right into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com to let us know if you're furious. What any of this is about? Yeah, let us know that you're upset. Explain. Angry with us. Um, the other thing to mention, actually, just to get into that real brief, they showed the Celestial at one point. That was wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. Because yeah. uh, to this day, we've only seen a Celestial once in the MCU, or a couple times, I guess. But it's it's just the skull of a Celestial at nowhere in Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Ego. Oh, yeah, fuck. Never mind. <laughs> Which you just watched in, in What If. Yeah, I know. You're so right. I'm an idiot. Okay, yeah, never mind. But there's also that one as well. So twice, twice in the MCU, yeah. both from Guardians of the Galaxy. Now I'm wondering if there's a third time because you've you botched this so badly. But write into us again with your anger, listener. 
right into it. Again, you know, I encourage you, Split Focus Podcast, splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> anyway, no, it was a good trailer. I enjoyed it. Did you watch, by the way, there was a clip for uh, Shang-Chi. Did you see that? No, I have not, Simon. I'm, I'm, I feel like I've seen enough of this movie until I watch this movie in theaters. So I've, I've avoided any sort of additional trailers or preview material. I'm already sold on it. I want to watch it and I don't want anything else spoiled. Okay. Then I guess I won't talk about it. It was just the fight scene in the, in the bus. Oh. But there's like a little Easter egg of, of a certain character in the bus oh. that's in another Marvel movie. And I thought it was interesting. And I was wondering if he, is he playing the same character, but I guess you don't want to talk about it. So that's fine. There's only a minute, one minute clip clip there, bud. Oh my goodness. Fine. Tell me. Okay. Um, there's a, you know, that you remember in Spider-Man homecoming when there's this guy, there's like food vendor, he yells up the Spider-Man. He's like, Hey, you're Spider, that Spider-Man. Yeah. And he's like, and, and Tom Holland, Spider-Man is like, yeah, that's me. And like, hey, and then he's like, cool, Spider-Man, do a flip. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember that. I remember. I don't know why it's so iconic for me, but it's one of my favorite moments in that movie, and I don't know why. But it's it's like a sound bite, and I I very much enjoy it. Regardless, that happens in that movie. And then in this movie, during the bus fight scene, which is awesome, by the way, and it makes me want to watch this movie, and the music is really good in this clip too. So this, this clip to me was better than the trailer to make me want to watch the movie, and it's only a minute and a half. So I, I'm down now because the fight scene is great and I enjoyed it. I think bus fight scenes, I think I've, I've got a I've got a thing for bus fight scenes nowadays, you know, the nobody bus fight scene. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. The Captain Marvel but, um, bus fight scene? Was there a Captain Marvel? Oh, there was. Mm-hmm. There was indeed. That's true. But anyways, so this guy is filming and he's like, I I I took mar- martial arts as a as a kid. Uh, so I'm going to comment on this on this fight scene. And he's just holding this camera and he's filming the fight scene with Shang-Chi against these random people, mm. random assailants in this bus. And I just thought it was ridiculous. Like, it's the same guy. Is it the same guy now in San Francisco that was in New York with Spider-Man? Or did they just cast the same guy again? Mm. Is he like a, a Stan Lee type guy, character? He's going to be in everything? Or he's the new I'm Stan Lee to- type character that's going to be in every movie as a character. Well, I hope. I hope it's the same guy because I think that would be very, very funny because mm-hmm. I think he, it would be funny if he was just in random like other movies and then he could be a sidekick later on because he's cool. I like that actor actually. He's in You as well and everything he's in, he's pretty cool and that again, I do remember distinctly the do a flip. Like I, I hope they're not thinking, oh, we can't see him really. No, I can see him. I know what actor that is. Don't you fool me. Don't you try to, you know, pull the the wool over my head or whatever the heck the phrase is. Anyway, are you there? Yeah. I, 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 I was thinking about what that phrase was and I couldn't pull the, the sheep over my wolf. Pull the, I don't know what's going on. I think we're, we are doing this too early in the morning. I think I, the, the words escaped me. Although the words escaped me last week when we uh, recorded this at night. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure this is an excuse, but regardless, Adrian, what else have you watched this week? Anything else Marvel related or maybe something different? Something different, Simon. <gasps> So last week I mentioned that I finished watching Walking Dead season 10 and how much I really loved that season and uh, how I was curious um, about where season 11 was going to go and if I was going to watch it week to week. And I chose to watch it week to week, Simon. So I've watched the first episode of season 11 of The Walking Dead. It's a banger of an episode. It's a great way to start off the season. I'm very excited for it. It's like a two-parter, so it's like a big cliffhanger. I forget what the name is called, but it literally says part one. So I'm excited to see where part two goes. I think that's on this weekend, maybe this Sunday. Um, but yeah, 
I was looking at buying the season, Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to my surprise, you cannot buy the season. What? You, you must get AMC Plus, like the, the, the channel, the streaming service, quote unquote. At no least, way. Yeah, like that's at least that's the only way I could find it. I, I checked through Apple TV, like through the Apple TV app to see if I could buy it. And it only gave me the option to 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 uh, stream it through the AMC Plus channel, which is nine bucks a month. I get a, a month free trial, which is, I guess, a smart business move on AMC's part because uh, I'll probably pay for it for however many months this show goes on. I'll probably cancel it once like the midseason uh, happens and stuff, but yeah, yeah, that, that's the that's one thing I learned about AMC. They're doing, uh, I guess, they're doing their own streaming service, which is like an add-on through Apple TV. I presume maybe you could get it through Amazon Prime because uh, I know Amazon Prime has a bunch of those channels as well. So that was kind of annoying, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The first that's episode, so stupid. I agree. I agree completely. I'm looking at it right now on my phone, on like my Apple iPhone. Mm-hmm. Looking at iTunes, I can't believe they did this. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I guess I'm gonna wait. I understand. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, you don't want me to take. You don't want to take my fifty dollars. Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's kind of odd because I don't know how many episodes are going to be in this last season. But presuming you know, like, let's say there's twenty. That's five weeks, nine bucks a month. But the first month's free. So we're looking at what thirty six bucks. It's almost less money than what they could have gotten. But I'm guessing they're banking on people just forgetting that the subscriptions there. Or they decide yeah, that they want to watch other stuff. I know, man. I don't want to keep track of another subscription when there's nothing else that I really want to watch on this, except for maybe Better Call Saul, which I was going to buy as a again as the seasons oh, no. you know, pass on iTunes, and now I'm going to have to do AMC, which I have to do, but I'm going to cancel it. I have to set multiple reminders. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. AMC is not really the AMC in the past. I feel like there was better AMC shows back. A while back. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I just haven't been up on the what AMC offers lately. But uh, AMC, when the, you know, the heyday of The Walking Dead was coming out, The Breaking Bad was coming out, he got Hell on Wheels, which I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know. It feels like it's not really the same, but maybe I'm mistaken. I, I just got to take a look at what they offer a little bit further. And I guess that's the whole idea. You know, you subscribe and you're like, well, actually, there's this incredible show about, uh, you know, about flying eels. So buy in, mm-hmm. stay, stay, stay subscribed. So we'll see. Yeah. But I'm glad you liked the first episode. Yeah. I'm excited for That's it. Good. They do some cool character choices and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. There's a, there's a lot of like interesting relationships and, and dynamics um, between like specific characters that uh, for good reason, hate each other, but now they're on the same side kind of deal. And it's, it's very tense and, uh, Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for more, baby. I'm excited for more. That sure does sound exciting. <laughs> if you will allow, Adrian, I would like to move on to the news now. I will not allow that to happen, my friend. Well, I was just being polite. I'm going to move on anyway. <gasps> Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as Canadian tech website Mobile Syrup reports... Bell Canada streaming service Crave TV is finally getting a 4K streaming update on all major platforms. The 4K rollout started recently with a 4K streaming section added to the Crave application on the 4K version of the Apple TV streaming box, 
Most notably, the Warner Brothers movies Wonder Woman 1984 and Zack Snyder's Justice League are among the films currently available for 4K streaming on the Apple TV box. Bell Media has reportedly told Mobile Syrup that 4K streaming is also on the way for other video streaming platforms such as Amazon's Fire TV, Google's Chromecast, and Google's Android TV platforms. Crave TV is home to an enormous amount of exclusive HBO, Stars, and Showtime content in Canada, all of which has only been available to stream in full HD 1080p quality thus far. Adrian, what do you make of this? How the hell did it take this long to get a 4K streaming option through Crave? And it's not even fully rolled out yet. It's absolutely ridiculous. Netflix has had 4K options for like half a decade. It's it's bananas. I can't wrap my head around this. I'm glad that it's finally happening, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, why why did it take this long to happen? Um, one thing I do want to note, it's kind of unfortunate as well. There's no mention of a PlayStation 5 app. I want them to add it on my PS5. Again, my my PlayStation 5 is is my media streaming box. I that I turn it on when I want to watch anything. Amazon Prime Video, uh, you, YouTube, freaking Netflix. Apple TV, etc., so on and so forth. And uh, it's kind of annoying that the Crave app isn't available on there yet. That's one, honestly one of the reasons why I canceled Crave is that it's just such a pain in the ass to watch on my TV because I have to use my phone and I have to cast it to my screen. And then there's sometimes like issues with the casting. And it's just it's that one extra step that I don't want to take, if that makes any sense. Uh, what do you think about this, my friend? It's ridiculous. Like, how does it take this long to get 4K? They said like two years ago they were going to try and get 4K. It's nonsense. And the the Crave app apparently is on the PS4? Is it? No, I don't think it is. I'm looking at... I don't know. I'm looking at... That's SaskTel's website, though. I'm not sure if that's going to help me. I was saying that you can download it to... Yeah, it's a Saskatchewan telecom telecom company. Um, Wait one second. Apparently you can download it on the PS4. I just looked real quick online. Crave is from newswire.ca. Crave is now available on PlayStation 5. Oh, there you go. What? How did I miss this? I don't know. You're opening your PlayStation as we talk right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to check this You're out. You're doing it live? I- I'm doing it live. Fuck it. Let's do it live. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking because, okay, so what I was actually looking for was not that. I-, I was listening to you, but I was also looking for the concept of Crave on LG TVs. Crave was not available on an LG TV, like the WebOS platform, for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was a problem. It's on it's on Roku, it's on uh, Fire TV, it's on Samsung's Tizen, and it was a consistent thing that I, I I used to sell TVs, and this is a thing that like I, I talked about with customers. Like, why wouldn't you buy an LG TV? Well, do you like Crave because it's not on LG? But I'm pretty sure now it's on LG. Now. I'm trying to find out where it's available. It's it's just so strange. Like it's like Bell is behind the times every single step of the way. Like they don't want to catch up with anybody until like the last second. Mm. Like let's put 4K on it now, even though everything's already available in 4K. We just don't want to build the infrastructure so our app can handle it. It's like really, really. Yeah, this is frustrating. Fuck me up, Simon. It yeah. is available on PlayStation 5. That's awesome. So it's 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 rolled out to a lot of places and it seems like it's in most spots. Oh my goodness. But even this rollout like is pretty muted. Like there's not a lot of places even reporting on this. Like Mobile Syrup was the one I went for here. Like it's a strange thing. Like there's not a lot. It's not like Bell's like screaming to the fences like, hey, we now have 4K. Come join us. Like 
I I don't think this is going to be a failing endeavor. I think that Crave is doing well because of HBO and HBO Max, but I I just find it a little puzzling like that they're their marketing is muted. They don't do 4K. Next thing is going to be Atmos. Like there's Atmos available in Justice League. I'm sure Zack Snyder put that into the availability on HBO Max. But like, when are we going to get Atmos now? And it's like all the competitors, like Disney Plus, rolled out with Dolby Atmos, rolled out with 4K on every on everything and every version of the streaming service. Like, come on, just stop step rolling this. Like you're going to drip feed the different features in that every one of these other applications already has. Prime, Netflix. Disney Plus, they all that most. So when's that going to happen in, in 2028? <laughs> Maybe at this rate, man. Like the rate they're going, it's pretty, uh, pretty bananas. Bananas. All right. Well, that's it. Is what it is. It is what that's it is, Adrian. The way the news goes. Yes. Yes. Number two, according to publication Deadline, Falcon and the Winter Soldier actor Anthony Mackie has officially signed a new deal with Disney to reprise his role as Captain America in the upcoming fourth Captain America film. Captain America 4 will be written by Falcon and the Winter Soldier writers Malcolm Spellman, who's also the head writer of that show, Mm. and staff writer Dallin Musson. No director for the new film has been announced as of yet. Adrian, a relatively short write-up here by me because there's not that much information here for this, but it's great that Anthony Mackie has... You know, indeed signed a deal to reprise his role. What are you thinking about this? Well, Simon, I'm of uh, I'm of two minds for Captain for America. Um, and my one mind is sweet. This is awesome. I like Anthony Mackie. I think he does a good job as I guess spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Man, Captain Falcon and the Winter Man. He becomes Captain America at the end of the show in like the last episode of the second last episode. Well, he became Captain America, theoretically, for anyone who didn't watch the show at the end of Endgame. But yeah, sure. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, like he, he's going to be that. And and I'm excited to see him, you know, at the forefront leading this movie. I hope Bucky is brought into this. I really love Sebastian Stan. I think he's a great actor as well. And I, I think the relationship that Bucky and um, Falcon had throughout the show were, were was great. My kind of uh worry about this though is that they're bringing in the writers from falcon and the winter soldier and the way that show ended kind of it left a very bad taste in my mouth simply put and it makes me worried that this movie's just not gonna be that great like i don't know how you can live up to winter soldier or even civil war in terms of the quality i'm sure they could like surpass the quality of uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, which again, I really like, but I am of, yeah, I am a little bit worried about that personally. I just don't think the writing is that great in Captain Falcon and the Winter Man. There's a, there's a couple of scenes that like, you know, stand out to me and I like the character, uh, the characters that they made for the show um, or brought into the show. Sorry, I guess I should say, cause they were existing in the comic series, but yeah, I don't know. That, again, that ending, just not so good. What do you think about this, man? I think back on that show and I think fondly of it, honestly. like I, I don't dislike the ending. I think I mentioned that during our um, spoiler cast episode or, or a closer look episode for that season is that I didn't dislike the end episode. I disliked various story beats throughout. And I, di- and I did go back on the concept of that speech that Anthony Mackie gives at the end felt weird. It felt mm-hmm. preachy and strange and it didn't seem like it was a I'm 
I'm a doer. I'm not a doer. I'm a, I'm a teller, you know, it felt a little strange, which is unlike what Steve Rogers would do in a weird way. Um, but other than that, there are certain elements of that last episode that I just really like. I just didn't like the villains. I felt that they weren't very fleshed out. And we talked about this previously. Mm-hmm. That felt like they were hollow and they didn't have what they didn't have conviction or I don't know. It's like the, the development was poor. This is the villain. The villain issue over in that overall in that was strange. And the, the, the weird, like having Baron Zemo and it was cool, but why? And there's lots of things there, right? As a writing perspective, the plot could use some work. But did the last episodes like simmer for me? No, I actually kind of liked the last two episodes. Like I think that the last episode as a whole was a valid conclusion. My One of my favorite, I, I just remember this so vividly, the helicopter fight scene with uh, Falcon slash AKA, you know, Cap. When he's flying with the shield and he throws it vertically, I just thought that that was awesome. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I thought that was very memorable, and um, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I just, I agree with you somewhat that the the writing could be better. I don't think it's the worst though that we've seen from a Marvel property. So I think that you know it's not terrible. It's just. Uh, I hope this is better. I guess I don't know. We'll see. Be better. Just just be better is what I'm going to say to the writer. I'm still excited. I'm still excited. And I am hoping it is, uh, again, that dynamic. I want to see the Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan dynamic of uh, Winter Soldier and Cap, you know, coming together again, because that also wasn't confirmed as far as I saw. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there. I I think it would be silly if they weren't both in the movie, but I guess we'll find out. I'm curious though. Just don't create a villain problem. Like create a more compelling villain. Like I want to see like a, a villain that potentially shows up in another Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That that would be awesome. That that would be that would be the ideal, or or somebody who's, you know, just has more gravitas to them. Not these confused children that don't seem to know what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Again, that that yeah, the villains in that show are just not good. Again, uh, I think I brought it up during our like closer look episode about like there is like a missing plot line that they had to remove that apparently had something to do with like a pandemic happening or them releasing some sort of virus. Right. Um, that could explain it a bit, yeah. Maybe. But even then, it's just—I don't know. I don't know. Don't do you have to be afraid of a vi- like having a virus? No offense, but like, like I watched—I um, I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast, but I finished Sweet Tooth, and it's a fantastic series, mm-hmm. and it is strangely on the nose. Like, I know I, it, it is weird. You said this to me before, and I said I think I disagreed slightly on the show, and I said, "Well, there's lots of other things that do something similar at this at this juncture or whatever, whatever this shit." I said, but honestly, this is actually more on the nose than I gave it credit for, for sure. Like it's surprisingly close to to what we're dealing with in terms of even the racial um undertones mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah exactly so that show is great by the way and you mentioned this many times on this series mm-hmm. or our, our podcast series yeah it's probably the best show i've watched all year honestly yeah i don't know about that but yeah i'd have to think about that in more depth but i, I really did enjoy it and you called it cute i would agree mm-hmm. i really like big man i think he's fantastic and yeah I'm excited for season two because it, it is, it's very magical. I like it a lot. But on the topic of the concept of Sweet Tooth being about a global pandemic that's based upon a virus, I don't think, based on the success of that show, I don't think it would have really mattered if they had introduced a virus in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series as well, in that plot as well. I think that, that the fear of not you know, being able to do that because of COVID is a little bit silly. And hopefully 
the overall plot line for that series, that Disney Plus Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series, didn't suffer tragically because they were too afraid to talk about a virus on that series. Yeah. But yeah, I look forward to this movie because I've liked the previous Captain America movies in the past. Like all three of them are great in my opinion. And I hope they just, you know, continue with that trend. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. You think they're going to call it Captain for America? Like they're going to make the A a four? No. I think they are. This is not uh, the kissing booth or whatever the heck. Fan fortastic. Fan. Oh, I see. Yeah, somebody. This has actually happened in the Marvel universe. I don't know why I said the kissing booth because there's no numbers in the kissing booth. Yeah, that was a stupid. I was, I was very confused why you brought that up. I don't know why I did that. I was trying to think of it. There's there are a bunch of Netflix movies though that are like that. I think the kiss three booth. Kiss three booth. No, that doesn't happen in that. I'm trying to think of an example of uh, of this. Does Fast and the Furious do this? Fast and the Furious has the worst naming conventions of any series ever. Maybe though. So. <laughs> I in a different way. I like they might do it for number ten. Like they'll do like fast ten year seat belts or something like that. I, <laughs> I I'm not going to take credit for that. I've definitely heard that online before. But yeah, you know. They, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you, you could do something yeah. like that. I was impressed, and now I'm less impressed. Oh well, what can you do? Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're not impressed by Captain for America? <laughs> no, because it's stupid. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Plus, like, I can make fun of it's dumb for fasting your seatbelts, but I really have no connection to that series. Like, I really am not a big fan of that series. It's it's crazy how many they were on nine this year. Nine, technically ten, because they had that Hobbs and Shaw spinoff movie. How crazy is this franchise? Like, people are complaining about Marvel movies. At least there's a variety of Marvel movies. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's a variety. They do different things with various versions. This movie is the same thing. Every time they heist something with a car every single time, and it's got the same characters in it. I, I don't understand. Scorsese point your fingers at fast franchise. Okay. Just don't be ridiculous here. It's ridiculous. <sighs> Am I wrong? Are you there? Hello? No, no, you're right. You're right. Do you want me to give you reaffirmation? Like, no, you're on a podcast and I can't see you. You got to, like, uh, if you disappear, maybe you're disconnected. I don't know what you're saying. You can be fair. like, yeah, or oh, I don't know. I was maybe nodding my head. Wrong. I was nodding my head, but yeah, you're right. Oh, you're on nodding your head. Do you know that we're not being filmed? Did you think we were being recorded this whole time by video? Man, I forget. I, right. I miss you. I like being in the same room with you. Right. And uh, I like pretending that you're in the room with me. Okay. Is that so wrong? Okay. To fantasize about that? A little bit, because it's a little bit unprofessional. We're trying to deliver a podcast to our listeners, and they can only listen. They only have the the power of hearing in this particular instance. So I feel like you need to smarten up. I'll nod my head aggressively. Can you hear it? Did you hear any of that? No, I didn't hear anything. And now we're going to move on to number three. According to publication Variety, Sony's fourth installment of the Transylvania animated film franchise will very likely be headed for Amazon Prime Video after the close of a potential $100 million deal. The film was planned for an October theatrical release date, but the Delta variant of the coronavirus has thrown a wrench into these plans. Sony Pictures is the only major Hollywood studio who has yet to partake in the streaming wars with a streaming service to call their own. They have opted instead to make deals with various streaming services during the pandemic to showcase films such as the Tom Hanks World War II film Greyhound on Apple TV Plus and animated film The Mitchells vs. the Machines on Netflix. 
Quite recently, Sony made a deal with Netflix that would license all Sony Pictures films to Netflix after a roughly seven-month theatrical and home entertainment run. The deal becomes even more complex when you factor in the shift of licensing to Disney Plus for these same films after the planned limited run at Netflix. The Hotel Transylvania films have thus far made approximately $1.3 billion at the box office. The fourth installment is to be the final film in the franchise and is said to see the return of actors Andy Samberg, David Spade, Selena Gomez, Steve Buscemi, Keegan-Michael Key, and Catherine Hahn. Adrian, thoughts on Transylvania? Are you a Transylvania fan? No, Simon, I'm not a Hotel Transylvania fan. Are you a fan of the Hotel Transylvania series? Oh, did I not write hotel in the beginning of this? Is Hotel Transylvania? My mistake. Yeah, it is. My mistake. I'm sorry. Hey, man, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. I hate to disrespect Hotel Transylvania. I've not seen a single movie of the Hotel Transylvania franchise. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I still wanted to bring it up because I found this super interesting because it's – this is a, this is a, such a confusing agreement, like licensing agreement because when I read it, I was like, what? Like, is this going on Amazon? Like, what? Because – Earlier this year, we talked about Sony and Netflix partnering and, you know, after uh, Sony's movies, like their theatrical run, they would go onto Netflix um, exclusively, like as a streaming service. So when I read that, I was like, oh. Well, after the home entertainment run as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. It's like a seven to 10 month gap. That's a lot of months. It is. You could have a baby within that time frame. It's true. You personally. <laughs> Not seven months, but within. I mean, you could. Seven to there ten. are like preemie babies. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the baby podcast where we talk about birthing. <laughs> I I know nothing of, of that I know. sort. So thank goodness we're not um, running a birthing podcast. Yeah. It'd be odd for a couple of dudes to be running a podcast about birthing. Anyways, uh, that's besides the point. I feel like point. nobody says yeah, birthing like this, I, but we've repeated it multiple times. And that's the proof yeah. that we are we should not be running a pregnancy podcast. But anyway... <laughs> The Pregnancy Podcast, title of the episode. The Pregnancy Podcast. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would work. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Stay, you, you should already know whether or not we named it the episode if, uh, if, if we you're do playing that. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be a better um, title but, down the road. We don't know. It just comes to us. Our creative genius, mm-hmm. you know? You know, Adrian? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not the only thing that comes when you're making a baby. Oh my God, that's a stretch. That's a gross, slightly gross stretch. Okay. I apologize. Let's move on. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> oh man. It is too early, Simon. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Anyways. Hotel Transylvania, uh, yeah. we're talking about the animated family, family <laughs> series. <laughs> you know, um, Hotel Transylvania. Which apparently, by the way, the fourth installment... Adam Sandler and Kevin James were actually in this series as Dracula and Frankenstein, and they are not in the fourth installment. Oh, really? Interestingly. Whomst is replacing them? Two guys, I don't recognize their names. They, they seem like career voice actors. I could be wrong. I don't mean any disrespect, but I don't rec- recognize them. Not They're not as recognizable names as Andy Samberg, you know, and Steve Buscemi and Catherine Hahn for me yeah. anyway. Yeah. I don't know why, but the entire time, up until this very moment – about like three minutes ago. I thought the Hotel Transylvania series starred Steve Carell. But then... Me too. Upon, upon further Before introspection... I looked into this. 
to write this uh, up. I realized that uh, that's despicable me. I'm confusing it with. But for whatever reason, I thought he was the star of this one as well. Yeah, I did too. He is not. I knew he was despicable. Like I knew he was the despicable me f- star, but I, I thought he was mm-hmm. also a part of this. So yeah, weird. Well, you learn a new thing every day. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, no, th- yeah. this is puzzling in a way. But I like how adamant Sony is about not having a streaming service of their own. I do appreciate that. I'm wondering if that will last. This is the thing that I think struck me the most about this story is that it's interesting. Like, sure, things are going to Netflix after seven to 10 months of being, you know, uh, at, at the at the box office and at the in the home entertainment type rental um, space for a little while, for seven to 10 months. But what happens after that is it goes to Netflix. But after that, it goes to Disney after a certain period of time. So like they're, they're, they're like dealing with every one of these guys. With Apple TV, we've got the Apple TV Plus app as a six-month trial and Sony PlayStation. We got Greyhound on Apple TV Plus. Now we got this uh, movie on Amazon and not going to Netflix. It's like you want to deal with every one of these companies. For instance, uh, your favorite film of all time, probably in the last at least 10 years, American Pickle, specifically was on HBO Max and not, not. <laughs> Sometimes on, I hate you. <laughs> and not on Netflix. It was on HBO Max. I thought that was actually an HBO Max, like Warner Brothers original. It's not. It was a Sony film. I don't know if you know that. But you probably did know I that because you love that film so much, of course. Oh, my God. But American Pickle. Set starring Seth Rogen, in which he, uh, you know, he falls into a vat of pickle, pickle brine and and uh, lives to a hundred. Great movie. It's very yeah, makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. It's a very logical movie. Very scientifically mm-hmm. accurate, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't love it. What? What? What did you say? Anyways, in terms of a movie I did love, I loved the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, yeah. on Netflix. That that movie was amazing. That movie was amazing. And Greyhound was pretty damn good too. Yeah, it was. But it's. Yeah, they like I feel like Sony Pictures has a pretty good track record except for mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man films. Um anything to do with Spider-Man. Uh, except for Into the Spider-Verse, which was amazing. Right, was was which was their own. I I'm obviously you could say Homecoming and Far From Home are great. They're fantastic, but that's not I'm not counting those because they got Kevin Feige pretty much helming those. Like he's producing mm-hmm. them. It's it's a different atmosphere when you got Marvel president Kevin Feige involved. But um, but yeah, they have pretty a good track record. And again, this is the most interesting thing, thing to me is that they're just playing ball with everybody, which I like. And the idea of them really valuing the theatrical release, which we had talked about like, I don't know, 20 episodes back of our podcast in which they specifically, they've mentioned, called out the concept that they're going to do everything they can to make things theatrical releases unless they cannot. And that's kind of the idea. And they don't have skin mm. in the game for this streaming war type scenario where they have to create this crazy amount of content for a streaming service to stay afloat. But again, mm-hmm. how long will it last? Like, do they do they see the dollar signs? Or are they seeing now that this space is extremely crowded with Amazon and Netflix and HBO Max and Peacock, and it's just not worth it? And I would argue it probably looks like it's not worth it. And Sony can mm-hmm. just keep making great films. Uh, and great hardware, I guess, as well, and and live with that, but uh, not sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's not exactly the same thing either, but like they just recently removed the ability to purchase like movies and TV shows through like the PlayStation Store, which again they own. Um, so like it almost goes with with that like mantra is that they're they're just gonna try to license these films out to different streaming giants, and I'm sure that's gonna work well for them. I'm sure they're gonna make money uh, through that. They're making good partners obviously they're partnering with netflix and everything like that so i hope sony stays on this path i think it's the right move 
because I, I can't add another freaking streaming service to my goddamn list. I just added AMC plus, which again, I'm only doing for walking dead and it's, it's getting excessive, man. It's getting excessive. I know I've always kind of valued Sony, just a quick note about Sony in general. And, and, and the fact that they've got their, their kind of their hands in all these pots, like they're, they're, they're again, not a phrase that exists. Uh, but, uh, but they kind of have they kind of have their eggs, I guess, in multiple baskets. But they do each thing very well. Like they make the the lenses that kind of make the films that we watch. They make the you know the the, the calibration monitors that an editor might use, like to to actually edit a film. They make the the cameras. They they specifically make the video games. They make the software. They make the hardware. They make uh, the actual films themselves because they have Sony Pictures, but they also make Sony Music as well. So it's like they've got mm-hmm. all of these different things on the creative aspect. So w- it's it's kind of a neat thing. So when they make a TV as an example or make the hardware that shows the the content, they kind of have – I feel like they have a good reputation to do that and to show things accurately, which I've always kind of respected about them. And so – do they need a streaming service? I don't know. They have respect around the industry and in that everybody knows that they kind of do their thing and they do a great job. So it's not like they need to do it. And again, one of the only only guys who are not creating a streaming service at this time. They're one of the only production companies of this reputation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I'm curious. I guess we will. All righty. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As reported by website Collider, production on creator Donald Glover's third season of FX series Atlanta has concluded, with production on the fourth season just beginning. I gotta get back into Atlanta. I really loved the first season. I just haven't seen anything past that. Number two. As website Variety reports, the Lost in Translation actress Scarlett Johansson has just been cast in director Wes Anderson's Bill Murray starring upcoming Untitled film. Oh, oh my goodness. Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson back together again. I love Lost in Translation. It's such a good movie. Me too. Number three, as reported by Variety, the 10th installment of the Fast and Furious franchise is planned for an April 23rd, 2023 premiere date. The Justin Lin-directed film is said to be the second-to-last film in the series. Otherwise known as Fast 10 Your Seat Belts, which I've heard on the internet before, not taking credit. Number four, according to Variety, The Simpsons star Hank Azaria has been cast as Apple CEO Tim Cook in the upcoming Showtime series Super Pumped, which will also star Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joe Gore-Lev, dude. Interesting. Apple, Tim Cook's still alive. Uh, Yeah. Why? Just just pointing that out. He he is. Why are you pointing that out? Because they made the, the, the one about, what's his name? The old Apple guy. This isn't about Tim Cook. It's about Uber. Oh. Yeah, we talked about this before. Oh. On this very podcast. Anyways, number five. As Deadline reports, streaming service Discovery Plus has picked up the rights to two separate 75-minute documentary-style specials following the North American tour for actors Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett's hit podcast, Smartless. Oh, I know you like this podcast. I have not listened to it. It's very good. It's quite, quite good. They're apparently on this tour coming to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Number six, as Variety reports, Shawshank Redemption actor Tim Robbins has been cast alongside Reminiscence actor Rebecca Ferguson in the Apple TV Plus drama series Wool, which is based upon the novel trilogy by author Hugh Howie. Hmm, okay, okay. Unfortunately, Reminiscence isn't getting great reviews, but I still want to watch the movie. Very curious, indeed. I want to watch it as well. Number seven, 
As Deadline reports, Seinfeld star Jason Alexander has been cast as a pastor in the John Goodman starring Roseanne spin-off comedy series, The Connors. Okay, cool. Number eight, as Publication Entertainment Weekly points out, actress Dominique Thorne's Marvel character Riri Williams will be featured in the Ryan Coogler-directed film Black Panther Wakanda Forever, prior to starring in the previously announced Ironheart Disney Plus TV series. Oh, okay. Again, I'm super curious what they're going to do with this Black Panther movie and how they're going to honor Chadwick Boseman. Number nine, as followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, Lovecraft Country creator Misha Green has been hired on to create a Birds of Prey spin-off film following actor Journey Smollett's DC character Black Canary for HBO Max. Interesting. I really like uh, Birds of Prey, and I think Journey Smollett did a really great job um, with that. Do you remember, real quick, uh, I think his name was Jesse Smollett, uh, her brother, I presume, uh, when he faked, uh, when he hired two guys to, like, put, like, a noose around his neck on the street and yes. pretend that they were, like, Trump supporters. That was so fucked up. Imagine doing that. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yes, that is messed up indeed. Number 10, as Deadline reports... Showtime's Black Monday writer, Yasser Lester, has been hired on as the head writer for the Marvel Disney Plus TV series Armor Wars, starring Don Cheadle as James Rhodes. Oh, okay. I honestly forgot the show was happening. I really like Don Cheadle. I'm excited for that. And that concludes the montage. Don't fake hate crimes. Yes, indeed. I'm actually excited for that super pumped TV series. Um, I apologize. I didn't write in. I should have given more context for the listeners who don't listen all the time about the Uber connection there. But yeah, that is actually a kind of a neat idea. Like it's kind of this rise of Uber uh, with a CEO that really isn't the greatest guy. I'm pretty sure that's kind of the premise. It kind of looks good. Mm. Kind of looks good. I'm kind of excited for it. And uh, I was kind of curious about Hank Azaria playing Tim Cook. Like I've a pretty good perspective of Tim Cook's mannerisms and Hank Azaria has been a pretty pretty good actor if you ever look in IMDB though um I was gonna put like Hank Azaria from um I don't know Showtime's Ray Donovan as an example but I was looking in IMDB at Hank Azaria's page and literally the Simpsons part of his page is ridiculous there's literally like 300 names like 300 different ver- like characters, characters that, he that he's played it's insane I think a lot of them are repeats, I think, because the tagging got a little me- messed up because there's been so many seasons of The Simpsons. But it's a little bit insane. It just – you keep yeah. scrolling through it and it's just multiple it's, – it's insane. It's crazy. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. Will The Simpsons ever stop, you think? I don't know. I was I was thinking about that when – I was kind of thinking no, but then I – then Arthur was announced to be ending, right? The ch- children's show Arthur. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that show has been going on for a long time too. And now I'm wondering, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's going to come to an end at some point, but uh, I'm not sure. It's interesting. Yeah. Very. All right, Adrian, what do you got for me, buddy? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you, Simon. Ooh, do you now? Yeah. This is for the week of August 23rd to August 29th, a Monday to a Sunday, baby, as it regularly is. Are you ready? I am indeed. All right. Coming out on Monday, August the 23rd is the animated movie. From Netflix, The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, which I believe is a prequel story following a character named Vesemir, who I think is in the live action show, question mark. 
Not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. But maybe in season two, they were said to have okay. cast Vesemir, who is the as a mentor of Geralt of Rivia. Understood. He's in the he's in the game though, right? I think I remember him being in the game. I only played like the first like two or three hours of the game, like four times. He but. is in the game. I think I believe you start off with Vesemir. Mm-hmm. You 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 play Geralt, of course, and you you guys are together. I think camping out somewhere in the in a field. Mm-hmm. So yes, you Vesemir and Geralt are kind of are, are best buds, but also Vesemir is a kind of a mentor to Geralt. It's kind of uh, okay. it's interesting. I do want to play the game again. I'm very excited to see when that game comes out as a PS5 update, like a next generation update. I'm, of course, referencing Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, not the first two games, but the Witcher 3 specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious to see how it lines up with the new series, like the live action Netflix series as well. So it's it's interesting. I'm excited for this kind of, but I'm, I don't know if I'm going to watch this animated show i'm gonna wait for reviews i think actually maybe it's reviewed already is it uh i think it has some reviews that i didn't look into it but it's only a, like it's not a show it's a movie oh so, i don't know why so it's only it like an hour and a bit commitment. series oh well yeah. they've got another one eh? they've got another show i think it's that's live action that's supposed to be a mini series mm-hmm. yeah exactly wow they're really going hard on the witcher eh? i guess they yeah really love the popularity the number of viewers it brought in for the witcher that witcher live action series with henry cavill so i guess i guess that's why but anyway interesting Mm -hmm. anyways coming out on the next day tuesday august 24th is untold caitlin jenner which is a netflix original movie um do you remember when caitlin jenner killed someone in a car accident and then she came out as trans right after do you remember that you're just bringing up all the controversies this episode, eh? Yeah. This is a, controver- a controversial pregnancy episode is what it is. Yeah, um, exactly. This is um, – no, I don't re- distinctly remember that. Did that happen in close yeah. proximity though? Yeah, literally like she killed someone and then like when that whole debacle was going on, she came out as a trans uh, woman. Oh, it gave me very, uh, you know what? That reminds me of the, the Kevin Spacey situation. Like, hey, I maybe molested this kid, but I'm gay. That was yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I never, I never realized that they were in that close proximity. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. But uh, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, next up is the next day, which is Wednesday, August twenty fifth. Uh, this is a Netflix original movie called Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. And it's a documentary about Bob Ross, the painter that everyone loves so much, who's like super chill and makes trees. But this documentary kind of explores a deeper side of Bob Ross's, uh, sorry, a darker side of Bob Ross's life. Oh, no. It doesn't seem like his life was as rosy as people think. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Do you have any attachment to Bob Ross? No, I thought you were about to say that he killed someone in a car accident. <laughs> So I was waiting. I was pausing for that. Um, but um, or something else. He he's just somehow a serial killer or some shit. <laughs> You're just throwing all these controversial situations into into our podcast here. But um, no, I don't really. But I, you know, everyone's got a little bit of a connection. He's got he's he's an iconic fellow. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. All right, cool. Anyways, coming out on Thursday, August the 26th is a movie called Lily Topples the World. And this is confirmed by the official trailer. However, other sources say that it's coming out on the 27th. But I just followed what the official trailer said. And it's coming out on the Discovery Plus streaming service, which I guess is HBO Max over in the States. I don't know if we're getting it here in Canada. It is Discovery Plus. Sorry if I made that weird distinction earlier. Like oh. Discovery Plus is owned by 
Warner Brothers now. Like they're they're merged or they're together or whatever. I don't know if okay. they're ever going to merge them in an actual streaming service that will run concurrently at the same time. Much like I guess we talked last week about Funimation and uh, Crunchyroll. But um, yeah. I think they're still separate, but they're owned by the same company. So I'd imagine they may have a bundle deal. I, I'm not super familiar because we just don't live in in the United States, so we don't know, mm-hmm. we don't have access to this. But, um, but yeah, sorry if I confused you there. You did, but I forgive you. Anyways, this movie is a documentary about a remarkable 20 year old uh, named Lily Hevish. Uh, she does like crazy domino art and like is a big YouTuber and stuff. Um, I watched the trailer. It seems super interesting. There's some big name actors like in the documentary, like including Will Smith uh, and stuff like that. I'm sure just barely in it, but you know, like talking about uh, this young lady and, and how, how amazing she is. And again, I, after watching the trailer, I looked at some of the YouTube videos and it's nuts like this. It's literally domino art, you know, like little dominoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she, the way she sets them up and then, you know, like lets the, I guess the, this, this amazing, I want to say picture, but it's not necessarily a picture, but a picture unfold when she to- starts toppling the dominoes over. It's it's phenomenal. It looks unbelievable. I was like, wow. Yeah, like what an amazing like human being, <laughs> like so talented. Uh, and then, yeah, it kind of explores her life. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, the last few movies are all coming out on Friday, August the 27th. The first one is a movie called He's All That, which is a Netflix original movie. And it's a remake of, of she's all that, but it's a dude that's being all thatted. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. All Very thatted. Interesting yeah. Mm. Vacation Friends is coming up next. And this is an interesting one, Simon, because this is coming out on Disney Plus Star. This is a Hulu original movie. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time a Hulu original movie is also launching day and date on star. Uh, oh dear. Do don't I, look into it. We might be I'm wrong. I'm pretty about sure that, you're wrong. Still, I don't know the answer to that question, but I, I have a feeling that like we got, I remember we got nomad land on star, yeah, but that, that wasn't, wasn't it, like though. a Hulu original. There was a movie we did get, that was launched. We did get Modoc, but again, it was all launched on Hulu at the same time. And then it was launched weekly on star. I rec- Those were the only thing. I, I'm pretty sure you said there was one before mm. and we th- considered maybe watching it but then we didn't i thought there was another one but whatever maybe it is what it is well anyways if there was one sweet uh if not this is the first one and it looks like we're gonna be getting these like concurrently with hulu at least going forward at that's what it seems like and if you don't know audience star is a service that's inside disney plus in canada but isn't there in the united states because you have hulu over there in the u.s we have star here to take up the the mantle of you know rated R content potentially like maybe maybe as an example Moon Knight which I'm not sure if that's going to be a Disney Plus show or a Star or slash Hulu show but mm-hmm. uh, along with that Blade show as well yes with Mahershala we'll see Ali. what happens Kenneth actually messaged yeah. me just that reminded me of that um, he messaged me saying that there was a, a second Moon Knight like combat trailer that marvel released like on their youtube channel uh youtube channel oh, it's really? very uh he's his tra- he's taking the training seriously it remind it's reminiscent for me of um when john wick there was the john wick training with keanu reeves and it was that gun training mm-hmm. which is just like really intense kind of reminded me of that but uh that's dope it's pretty cool it's I, i'm actually i'm maybe 
I'm trying to think about the Disney Plus series coming up, and I'm kind of thinking that Moon Knight might be my most anticipated. Hawkeye is pretty up there, yeah. but it's so soon, so maybe that's why I think that. But I really am excited to see what Moon Knight is because Oscar Isaac is pretty He's so good, amazing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. sorry to to bring us off topic there. No worries, man. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. I don't know much about Moon Knight, and like it, it seems interesting. He's like, a, I guess, like a little psychopath sort of deal, and it seems very Batman esque. I'm, I'm curious where to, to see where they go with, uh, with that. Anyways, but yeah, Vacation Friends. Uh, it looks like a really funny movie. Um, you know, John Cena's in it, and a few other like recognizable actors. And um, I'll probably watch this one if it's just on Star. I like, I like these like easy watching comedy movies that are a little bit vulgar. John Cena is blown up. mm Hmm. John Cena's going up. Like yeah, Brendan I really Fraser. like John Cena. So Brendan yeah, Fraser's comeback. Yeah. That's something I wanted to talk about. I forgot about that. The Brendan Fraser thing is crazy. Like the whole internet's just like, you know, got his back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it many episodes ago, like how he was like sexually assaulted by like a movie executive. And that's why he was kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, blacklisted. Uh, from like the movie industry and it's really nice to see him come back and yeah like there's a there's a funny interview with him where he was like doing an online interview and like while he was waiting for the interview to start he was just playing his switch oh yeah and the interview started and he didn't even realize so he just kept on playing his switch for like the first bit of the interview oh uh, like yeah he's like he's like on camera and he's just playing his switch i was like that <laughs> like that's really funny um and yeah, like uh, he also like mentioned, like, you know, like seeing everyone on his side has brought like tears to his eyes and everything like that. So good for Brendan Fraser. I'm happy for him. Yeah. I think it kind of all started with Doom Patrol, honestly. Yeah. That's what kind of brought him back, which is really. I neat. saw a trailer for Doom Patrol just recently and it looks great. Honestly, I, I still think that that's a show that I, I should be watching, but I just, I don't have time. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah. do think it look, it look, it just looks wacky and it looks like the a great side of DC. But I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I just haven't got around to it. Agreed. Agreed. Next up is a movie called Rushed. And it's confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. And it's about a Catholic mother who goes on a mission of justice after her son is killed at a university hazing incident. Oh, no. So, yeah, seems interesting. No Man of God is up next. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. By the way, Rushed is also a video on demand movie. I'm sorry. I didn't write it down in my notes, but it is. Uh, and No Man of God is a... A story about Ted Bundy and the complicated relationship he had with FBI agent Bill Hagmeyer, hmm. which I'm not too familiar with. However, wasn't this touched on in Mindhunter? Could I be wrong about that? Um, or is Big Bill Hagmeyer a character in Mindhunter? Because when I looked up this Bill Hagmeyer, Mindhunter popped up. And I was like, oh, maybe he is. But I, I've never watched it. I know you have. Uh... There is no Bill Hagmeyer, just to be clear, but I'm wondering if there's a character based on Bill Hagmeyer, and that's mm-hmm. maybe the confusion. I don't know. It's interesting. Give me a second, because I'm just looking at Ted Bundy and whether he's in Mindhunter. I really love Mindhunter, but it's been a while since I watched it, and I don't recall there being a Ted Bundy in that show yet. Mm-hmm. Mindhunter being a Netflix original series, which I think was created by David Fincher, correct? Yeah, it was. And he directs a few episodes and he really sets the tone. It does feel like a David Fincher movie. And like, it's really high quality. And man, I really hope they 
launch a season three. It's it's a weird thing that's up in the air lately, and it's really disappointing because it's one of Netflix's best shows probably. Like it, it is a really high quality. I cannot stress that enough. Like if you like the works of De- David Fincher, like in terms of the 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 kind of the the true crime stuff, like um, the girl with the dragon tattoo or Seven or um, what's in the box? Yeah, I think there's one more that I'm thinking of immediately here. But it's escaping my mind. Zodiac. Zodiac. Thank you. Um, yeah. That's, so it's kind of along those lines, except I feel like he's learned what he's learned over the years and kind of just put it into a TV series format. There's a guy who can make a great TV series and uh, make uh, some awesome, awesome movies as well. Obviously movies first, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no Ted Bundy yet. That I've recalled. I, again, I I, okay. I I was going to say no immediately, but I'm pretty sure Ted Bundy has not been in that series because they got, again, they have all of these real life serial killers. They don't obviously have the people, but they, they have actors playing them. Like for instance, uh, uh, Charles Manson and uh, like Ed Gain and a bunch of other people. And they have them played by actors and they, these FBI agents go in and they talk to them to try and create like a profiling system to understand how they think. That's basically the premise of what Mindhunter is. And they haven't touched on Ted Bundy. I'd imagine that they will. Uh, they just haven't done that yet. I just, again, praying for season three. Hopefully that happens. Mm-hmm. Next up is a movie called American Sausage Standoff. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. And it's about two dudes who aim to create the best German sausage restaurant in their small town. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Next up is a movie called Ellie and Abby. This is confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. And it's a reimagining of The Last of Us Part Two taking place in the 80s times in a high school love story plot line involving a dead aunt acting like a fairy godmother yeah that's all false how much of it is true uh, i guess you'll have to watch the movie to find out but it has nothing to do with naughty dogs the last of us <laughs> apologies to ken for talking about video games although it is a good connection because it is funny that it's called ellie and abby mm-hmm. i wonder is this wait this is a fictional story is it based on a true story it's a fictional story yeah it literally has like everything but the last of us reimagining is is true about that. It is a right little up. weird to call these characters this because of how close The Last of Us Part 2 is to this, mm-hmm. but I guess they just don't, they aren't aware of video games. They're not aware of this one. Yeah. Because it is like a lesbian love story as well. And really? again, Ellie in, yeah, Ellie and Abby. What the heck? What's, what's with the parallels? Yeah, Ellie like, is a, Ellie's a lesbian character in The Last of Us. One of the greatest characters of all time. I love her. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, next up is The Colony. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheavynumbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie and, it's, and it follows an elite astronaut that must make a choice that seems the fate of their planet. What the fuck did I write here? Oh my God. Uh, that must make a choice that deems the fate of their of her planet after she returns to her nearly extinct home. Oh I'm, my goodness. That was a... I don't know what was going on there. I'm assuming... That this has nothing to do with the TV series called Colony, which is also about aliens, mm-hmm. with Josh it Holloway. Doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it does. Okay, so not to be confused with the ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes TV series with Josh Holloway. No, because this is a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes movie. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it could be related, but it's fifty-fifty. A bad adaptation or something. Yeah, maybe I'll like it. Maybe you won't. 
Maybe you'll like it. Maybe I won't. Who you know? knows? And the final movie coming out this week is Candyman. And this is coming out to theaters. I'm quite excited for this. It's confirmed by the Cineplex application. It looks really good. It's a horror movie directed by Nia DaCosta. And Jordan Peele has some writing credits on this movie. It looks very uh, creepy and fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, maybe fun's not the right word. I've just been super into like horror movies recently um, and gory. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because there's a lot of these like, you know, old folk tales where it's like if you say, uh, you know, the, the name of someone in a mirror like five times, they'll come and kill you. I had Bloody Mary as a kid, not Candyman. I don't oh. know about you. Uh, I don't know. That never, that never crossed my childhood. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was the, yeah, the old, like if you say bloody mirror in the mirror, like bloody Mary in the mirror, like five times, bloody Mary will come and kill you. Oh, okay. I remember being so terrified about doing that. Interesting. Never did it. Still haven't done it. I got to take that risk. You know what I'm saying? Simon, I'm going to take that risk. Yeah, that's, that's fair. What's the point? Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It's going to be eerie. It's you might, you might have this, create this doubt in your mind that maybe it does exist. Then you wake up at night, dark in your room and you look over in the corner and you see a shadow and you're like, Oh no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to scare you yourself had, like that. Yeah. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? I have once. I'm pretty sure I have once. It was terrifying. I, uh, I woke up. Mm. I thought I woke up. And uh, the my the crack of my door was open, and uh, something was saying "help me," but like "help me, help me" over and over again. And the crack of my door was was open, and I could see just this little bit of light coming through, I guess, from a window down the hall. Um, and then Oof. this thing started to walk toward me, and I couldn't move, but it felt like I was completely awake. Like I, there was no doubt I was awake. And then I uh, like I'd woken up from a bad dream to this state basically. And then I woke up again and I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I swear my That's eyes were open man. though. Like my eyes were open though. It was an odd thing. Like I don't think they were close. I, I think I op- I woke up internally, but my eye, I think my eyes were open while I was sleeping. I don't know. It was very unusual. It's the strangest thing I've ever had. It reminded me of the, and when I think back of it now on it now, the, the creepiness of the voice was so seeped into my brain and it reminded me a little bit of Lost where there was like the help me thing, but it was way worse and more creepy than that. And in a way, I don't know if you remember that, the help me in the, the cabin in the woods. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was terrifying. But uh, yeah, I, I survived. Sleep paralysis. That's one hell of a thing, man. Yeah. I've never had it. I don't think so. I think that but, was sleep uh, paralysis. I, I'm not positive, but I couldn't move. Like I literally was stuck in place. I was just watching. I think that is. Witnessing this event. And then, yeah, I, I remember distinctly waking up twice, which is a weird thing too. It's like, how does that happen? I don't know. It was very unusual. The, uh, I don't know what I ate that night, <laughs> but not something good, I guess. Too much chocolate before bed or oranges. That's what they say, right? Is that don't a eat, thing? I think, yeah, they say don't eat oranges or chocolate, like dark chocolate before going to bed. Cause it, so don't eat, <laughs> don't eat a, you know, Terry's dark chocolate orange. What? Because <laughs> I don't think, dude. This entire episode, you you just said a bunch of random like sayings and phrases that I don't think are true. Like too many hands in the pods or whatever the fuck. No, I'm pretty sure. Correct me again. Fine, audience, just correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure eating oranges or chocolate before going to bed can cause nightmares or, or dreams. It's a. It's like a. There's a, something in there. There's a chemical in there that causes. I could be wrong. Could be wrong, but it's DMT. I know. I don't know. 
What? DMT. What's that? It's like the dream drug. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Um, but to talk to, about this uh, briefly, we should probably go see movies this week. Like, I'm more free this week. I've, I've freed up a little bit more, and I, I'd like to see mm-hmm. Stillwater. I think it's my probably my priority. I would like to see Free Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably want to see Reminiscence, Candyman. The following week, we've got uh, Shang Chi coming out, so we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice to see some of these movies in theaters. I got to. I, I, before we potentially lock that again, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, like it would be nice to support Cineplex, mm-hmm. maybe some of the independent theaters in our area um, before that happens. Uh, before if there is, is a lockdown, hopefully there isn't one because mm-hmm. we're pretty good in Canada for vaccinations, but we'll see. Yeah, man, I, I'm down but, to the go. I, I'm down to the go. Um, yeah, I, I have some extra free time this week. I do work, but you know, after work, I can go if you're willing to go for like later shows and stuff yeah, like that I've anytime i've just been anytime I, I've, I've been busy this week uh, doing some stuff so yeah that's fair i've been doing stuff as well cool, the uh and just to bre- speak briefly i completely forgot i watched um the final of the trilogy fear street a fear street nice fear street part three 19 sorry 1666 which was the best in my opinion. Oh, yeah? I honestly do believe that it makes sense. The the rating on Rotten Tomatoes makes sense in this case. I did like the second one. I agree with you. But um, I just like the whole connection thing. They, they, they pulled these threads together so well. And I like the period piece of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that, um, that one as well. It was very creepy. It was very, it, it was very revealing. They had twists and turns throughout the series. I just like the series in general. Like I just was surprised at where the plot kind of went. And I'm... Again, I love I love it. I think this is a great series overall. And it just makes me wonder, the final thought on this was, why the heck would they not put this in October? I know. This was like shocking. Yeah. Do they have something for October? Like what? Why can't you wait a few months? Like it seems a little weird because it's perfect. Like it's literally perfect. Yeah, I, I can't agree with that more. I feel like, I mean, the second movie takes place during summer, which is fair. But I think like- the first and I guess the third yeah, but- one feel like they take place in like fall, like like Halloween season. Like one, I think it starts off like there is a Halloween shop where one of the characters works at. And I'm like, yeah, it, it definitely yeah. feels like an October series. But either way, I'm really glad it came out. I I absolutely adored it. And I'm glad that you liked it as well. Did uh did your girlfriend like it? She loved it. Yeah, nice. she really liked it too. We got really freaked out though. We're watching the movie and midway through the movie. I've got this like poster. It's funny. Funny enough, it's connected to this podcast in a way. It's got a. It's basically a hundred movies to watch before you die or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a few, few years old. So I mean, it's always going to technically be updated, but it's kind of very subjective. But the, it, it's just like a scratch poster, and we're watching the movie, and then suddenly there's like this dark scene in the woods, and. I didn't know it fell, but something fell off the wall in one of the rooms, not our room. Like it was a room we were watching it in, another room in the house. And there was no one else in the house. Our housemate had left <laughs> for the weekend. And we're like freaked out. We're like looking around trying to figure out what that was. It's like a loud bang because it hit something when it – basically the poster hit something. Funny enough, we looked around the house. We looked in another room that wasn't that room. The last room I checked was that one. So we were like freaked out for like 10 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out what the heck – it basically the poster fell and hit like a, a like a, a disinfectant Lysol bottle, like one of those spray bottles, and it fell down and hit the ground. So, anyways, it was freaky. We were we were freaked out after, and we we're anyway. But we were glad we figured it out, and it wasn't as freaky as as it seemed. But great movie, great trilogy, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I watched it as well. 
so yeah, we should watch some movies this week. And do you have anything else, Adrian, to add? We're we're done our our you know our regular scheduled programming for this particular episode, episode sixty of our podcast. What do you think? Do you want to say anything else to our audience? Uh, no, no, uh, I'm good, man. I I, I do want to again thank you for accommodating um me uh moving my or like moving the schedule around so I could uh, go to this housewarming thing. I, I really do appreciate that, my friend. Uh, yeah, I love spending time with you virtually at the very least and talking to you and talking about things we both love not at the very least it's the only way we discuss anything because we don't talk outside this podcast so never have never will so yeah yeah no well thank you for joining me and uh yeah i guess i guess i'll wrap this baby up thank you for listening to the 60th episode of split focus a film and tv podcast my name is simon Edie, and this is adrian pinter signing off Hey guys, yeah, I'm just about to sign off uh, real quick. It's great that Crave is finally adding 4K for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League as an example. I I really do hope they also add it for uh, Batman v Superman, which is a great movie. Fantastic movie. Thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care.